Happy New Year. Really, really glad to see all of you. I do notice that there are a lot of people who couldn't get up this morning. Just look at the chairs around you. Okay, well, that's understandable. We have a tradition of celebrating on New Year's, and that's, that's fine. Uh, is there any Ohio State fans here? I am so sorry. I am so sorry. That was a terrible way to lose, wasn't it? Okay, enough of that. Listen, if you are here on a new year and you're new to the Bible or new to church or you're deciding perhaps that maybe it's time that you turn over a new leaf, some people do that on New Year's Day. They, especially when Sunday is New Year's Day, they come to church trying to repent for the night before or whatever. Um, there's going to be some valuable information for you today. But if you're an old head like me or you've been in church for a long time, uh, I think there's going to be some challenging information for you. So I'm going to begin with some church history to get us into it. You guys like church history? I'm glad you do. In 1870, a man named William Seymour was born to parents who had just been released from slavery and in Louisiana. And Seymour, as he grew, he came into a relationship with Jesus. And he became very, very interested in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. And um, he heard, as he was a young man, that there was another fellow that was interested in the same thing in Texas. His name was Charles Parham. And so Seymour, as a young black man, traveled to Texas to take the classes that Parham was offering. Unfortunately, he couldn't get into the classroom because he was an African-American. So he had to listen through a window on the outside to what Parham was teaching. And so he became, through the study of the scriptures, convinced that God was giving all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that he always gave, things like speaking in tongues and prophecy and healing and all the other gifts the Bible mentions. He became convinced that they were for today. He also did Seymour reject racial barriers. He thought they were unbiblical. And he also rejected um, an almost universal acceptance of women being barred from teaching and leadership. He, he rejected all of that. And so he did that based on what he learned in Scripture. So he took this newfound information, and he traveled to Los Angeles, and he began a series of meetings on Azusa Street. Anybody ever heard of Azusa Street here? Yeah, Azusa Street's in Los Angeles, a little mission there. He began these meetings, and all of the things that he had been learning started to happen at Azusa Street. People were speaking in tongues. Whites and blacks were worshiping together. Women were teaching. There was healing. There were miracles. It was incredible what was happening at Azusa Street. The revival began what is called the Pentecostal movement, and I'm sure some of you have heard of that. The Pentecostal movement actually, along with two other movements, began to sweep the world. It swept the world with revival. And the Pentecostal movement spun off what is called the charismatic movement in the 1960s. Anybody heard of that? And then in the 1980s and 90s, the third wave movement, and they covered the world. Now here's an interesting fun 
fact. During the hundred years since the Pentecostal movement, more people have come to Jesus, and more churches have been planted by that movement than in the first 19 centuries of the church combined. Did you hear me? That's a fun fact, isn't it? So something happened at Azusa Street that was really incredible. The story, the story I should say, does not end well um, because the bad news is that Seymour was rejected from the Azusa Street meetings by white people and he died relatively unknown but still faithful in 1922. So it's New Year's Day and what I'd like to talk to you about is a fresh Pentecost because that's what they were experiencing on Azusa Street. Not only a fresh look at the power of the Spirit and how the Spirit is poured out with all the gifts, but there was something else going on on Azusa Street. More importantly, it revealed how the Spirit breaks down barriers between human beings. Do you see? It was fresh. God's Spirit, listen to this, always gathers, always reconciles, always unifies. The Spirit of Antichrist divides, scatters, alienates, and disintegrates. Maybe we should just go home. Maybe that's the message. You can always be sure that the spirit as God is involved if there's a unifying factor going on, if there's love going on, if there's forgiveness going on, if there are breaking barriers happening. The spirit of God's involved in that. The spirit of the other guy is involved in all the other stuff. Now, again, if, if you're new, you might be asking yourself by this time, what, you know, what's Pentecost anyway? Well, Pentecost was a Jewish feast. It was held 50 days, Pente, 50, 50 days over the, after the Passover. And the purpose of the feast was to celebrate the first fruits of the harvest, which is a wonderful thing to worship God about. So the Jews did that every year. Uh, but for Christians, uh, after their first Passover, the celebration was about a different kind of first fruits, and it was the first fruits of the pouring out of God's Spirit on the church and the launching of what we're seeing today all around the world, what Ryan's doing in Europe. That's where it began, on Pentecost. So that's the reason Christians celebrate. So first fruits are the first fruits of the Holy Spirit being poured out 120 of Jesus' disciples gathered on the first Pentecost in an upper room. Uh, many of you know the story. While they were there uh, praying and they were asking Jesus to give them the gift he'd promised, which was another one like himself, that's his exact language, and uh, that, that would help them continue his ministry. It was the power of God that he had promised them. And so while they were in the upper room, they were waiting and they heard a sound like a mighty roaring wind and the spirit of God fell on the 120 and they began to prophesy and speak in other language languages as the spirit gave them utterance the Bible says but something more was happening on that historic occasion too the spirit was beginning to put back together that which had been torn apart this is a part of the story people don't listen to or understand very much but keep in mind on Pentecost, that first one, there were 15 different language groups there, and they gathered for this feast in Jerusalem, and now miraculously, they were all hearing 
these Galileans, Jesus' guys, speaking in languages that they could understand and recounting the mighty deeds of God. The Bible documents a reaction like this. We hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? But others in the crowd ridiculed them saying, they're just drunk, that's all. You always get those people, don't you? I mean, it just seems like, what? Got to rain on the parade? What's going on here? No, they're just, they're just drunk. But any devout Jew would have understood something significant was going on because God was reversing something that is told about in another story in the Bible in the Old Testament in Genesis 11, and that was the Tower of Babel story. Raise your hand if you've heard the story of the Tower of Babel. Okay, you're right with me here. You know what happened at Babel? God was telling people to go around the world and spread his image around the world. And at that time in primordial history, um, everybody spoke the same language according to scripture. You can read about it in Genesis 11 again. But the people disobeyed God and they stayed right where they were. They didn't go around the world, but they stopped at a plain called Shinar and they built this huge tower to heaven. It wasn't to worship God, it was to, the Bible says, make a name for themselves. In essence, what they were saying is they were detaching themselves from God who told them to spread his image around the world. And instead, they stopped right there. God does not like that kind of unity. And so the languages were confused, and eventually they did scatter because of it. And now on Pentecost... It's being reversed. Do you see this? It's being reversed. Just pretend that you see it. Go like this. We see it, Barry. Yeah. Because this is really important because this is the end game of the Holy Spirit. Miraculous gifts and healing and tongues and all that and prophecy. It's wonderful, but they're all toward something. They're toward bringing that which has been torn apart back together in Jesus. This is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. This is the end game of God is to put together that which has been broken apart. Something significant was going on. It was the recovery of wholeness for the whole world. White, black, brown, rich, poor, male, female, every nation and tongue. God was putting Humpty Dumpty back together again. Wonderful. God is a uniter, not a divider. I not only speak in tongues and heal the sick, but I refuse to look down on you if you're different than me. Boy, that's a kind of a profound silence out there. Those kind of divisions God does not like. That's not what it's about. Look, in Acts 2, it gets even more explicit. Acts 2, 17 and 18, it says this. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit. In those days, they will prophesy. Everyone gets to play, we say around here. Nobody is excluded at all. Now, I need to stop and say something. This does not mean... Diversity is bad. 
God created diversity. Wouldn't it be a shame if men and women were just alike? Oh, wait a minute. God loves diversity. It's just to say that he's, the Spirit is coming against our tendency to use our differences to revile and divide. That's what fear does. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's the other guy. That's Antichrist. So we do that when we scatter. Sadly, the church is famous for this kind of thing. I could tell you stories, some of which happened in this building. But I won't. Here's something that the church has always had a problem with. Even Jesus' disciples had a problem with this. There's a famous story that they're traveling to Samaria, Jesus and his guys, and, you know, Jews and Samaritans didn't get along. They had racial divisions. They had political divisions. They had religious divisions. Sounds like 2022, not three, I hope. But that was the situation between Jews and Samaritans. They hated each other with a, with a passion. And so when Jesus and his guys are blocked from going to Jerusalem, this is what two of his key guys Ask him. And this was John and James for crying out loud. They said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Oh, yeah, that's the spirit of Jesus. Oh, wait a minute. Jesus did not say, Yeah, light those half breeds up. He did not say that. Here's what he did say He rebuked them. And many manuscripts add that he also said this, you do not know what spirit you're of. What spirit is he talking about? It's the Holy Spirit. That's who Jesus is talking about. I just want us to sit with that for a moment, really, seriously. Just wait a minute. What spirit are you of? The scatterer, the destroyer, Church, what spirit are we of? And what will we be of in 2023? We've got a chance to change things. We've got a chance to be of the Holy Spirit and not Antichrist. Now, go ahead. Hold your political differences, please, to yourself. No. No, go ahead. Be strong about your opinions. That's great. Do it. But if you're wanting to call fire down from heaven because we disagree politically, you don't know what spirit you're of. You're the other guy. You're doing the other guy's work there. You can't come in here and speak in tongues on Sunday and then hurl the F-bomb at your political opponent on Monday. Or your neighbor. Or somebody that's a different race. Or somebody that disagrees with you on anything. Speaking in tongues, hurling the F-bomb. Which spirit is which? In 2023, we can change that. God wants us to change that. And here, I'll just give you a summary of how you can tell what spirit you're of. I'm going to read um, a litany of spirit-filled attitudes. Here they are. You can tell what spirit you're of when you love, when there's joy, when there's peace, when there's patience, when there's goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Some people say this passage, that love is the fruit of the Spirit. And the rest of these are just descriptions of love. 
Be that as it may, the point is that you can go through 2023 and hold this as your mantra. You can tell what spirit you're of if you're obeying, uh, if you're obeying this text. So let me just get a little more specific. You know me. I'm going to mention three specific ways we can flesh out a fresh Pentecost in 2023. Now's the time to grab your writing tablets. Or you can write it on your hand if you didn't bring one. Here's the first thing that you can do in 2023 to cooperate with a fresh Pentecost. Here it is. Learn to empty the trash. Now, interestingly, I believe God gave me a dream about this very thing. It was two or three Mondays ago. I was thinking about this message, and uh, I had a strange, a strange dream. And in the dream, I was at this church building complex. Here's the thing. It was much larger than it is right now. I don't know what that means. But it was huge. And so I was greeting a bunch of you that I know, you know, shaking hands, giving hugs. We were in the parking lot, and a friend of mine and I were walking through the parking lot, and we found, we found this box. It was a really cool box, you know, like the kind Chipotle gives you when you pack lunch in it and stuff. The kind of box you want to save, right? Okay, maybe just me. All right, sorry. Anyway, so we found this box, and my friend and I said, well, let's open it and see what's inside. And when we opened the box, there was this huge envelope. And we said, hey, let's see what's in the envelope. And so he had a pen knife, and he cut the envelope open, and he opened it up, and this huge smell, like stink, came out of the box. There was a dead fish in it, half eaten and rotting in the envelope. The cool box had covered it up, so we couldn't smell it. Ugh. I began to look for trash receptacles wherever I could find them. It's really interesting. In the dream, there were a bunch of large trash receptacle bins all over the parking lot and in the building. You know, like the one in the back here where the garbage man comes and, and dumps it? A bunch of those. And so we went over and we disposed of this stinking fish. It was between sleeping and waking. You know that time after a dream, you're about half awake, half asleep. I had a good... Good enough sense to say, Lord, what is this? Because I've heard from the Lord before in dreams. I knew this was not a normal dream. And I felt like the Lord was saying, yeah, there are a lot of people in the church that have to empty the trash. They're hoarding and covering up so it doesn't stink. Attitudes of racism, attitudes of unforgiveness, attitudes of bitterness, attitudes of self-hatred, attitudes that divide and do not bring unity to the church. Ryan talked about things that might have to be left behind. That's what he's talking about. If you don't empty the trash now, you're going to have another year just like you had before. You see, because we do hoard these things, don't we? And we keep them in nice boxes so they don't stink. Everybody knows what theirs is. How are you going to get rid of it? I mean, do you really need to be right that much? What's going on to keep you from taking like in your computer and pushing the empty the trash button? So that's the first thing we have to do in 2023 is we have to learn how to get rid of that stuff that stinks to high heaven. You say, how do I know if I haven't emptied the trash? 
Here's how you know. When that person that walks toward you triggers something in you of fear, anger, when you turn on the newscast and you throw something at the TV screen, you haven't emptied the trash. There are triggers. You will recognize them. That's how you know that you're covering up a stinking fish. Still on the hard drive. Secondly, unless you want more trash, refuse gossip in 2023. You know, the Bible says that gossip is like a choice morsel. You know, like those Christmas treats you could not resist. Don't lie to me. You ate a bunch of them. You couldn't resist. And the, the Bible says gossip goes down to the innermost being, and it poisons you towards the person that's being goss, gossiped about. And your attitude towards that person changes uh, incredibly. Let's say, for example, you heard that so-and-so was a dishonest business person. Was he? You don't know. Might have been. But your attitude towards that person changes because it's gone down deep into your heart. You will not be friends with that person. You will not do business with that person based on gossip. It divides. It alienates. Don't do it. i pretty good gossiper myself. When I was a younger man, I was on my way to a conference, and uh, I met one of my favorite authors at the airport. He was on the way to the same conference. It was cool. Uh, Richard Foster, Celebration of Discipline. Anybody heard of that book? Pretend that you have. (laughs) Your spiritual health depends on it. (laughs) All right. Just wanted to make sure you're still awake. It's New Year's Day. So Foster and I, he was really approachable. We had a great conversation. It was really nice. Until... I thought of an author I vehemently disagreed with, and I thought Foster should disagree with this guy too, so I brought the guy up, and I was hoping we might roast this guy together and rip him apart. Yeah, you guys are laughing. Know what I'm talking about. I wanted to get confirmation that I, this guy was off. He was a heretic. You know what Foster did? He kind of smiled at me, and he terminated the conversation politely, just walked away. He knew what spirit he was of. That day, and many days after, I did not. Are you a gossip? Do you like it? Is it a choice morsel to you? It's not going to work in 2023. Here's the last thing. Uh, Double down on serving others in 2023. Uh, Have you noticed that when you serve somebody with a good heart, it literally disarms them? They drop their six guns. It's hard to be mad at somebody who's serving you. And it's hard to be mad at somebody you're serving. Well, you can do it, but it's hard. What if you doubled down on serving in 2023? What if you served your enemies in 2023? What if you served people who weren't like you in 2023? That's cooperating with the Spirit of God. That's knowing what spirit you're of, serving. Uh, I saw this dramatically in a mission thing that I was going to, it's been two decades ago now. We were gonna go to India. And our team would meet together and pray uh, on several occasions. The last time we met together, we were praying and I had this vision, gift of the Spirit, vision. You see how this ties together? Gift of the Spirit, I had a vision. 
And the vision was of a caked, muddy, dirty foot. And as soon as it came into my mind, a guy across the room piped up and said, I think we're supposed to wash the pastor's feet that we serve when we go to India. We weren't that smart, but we figured that God wanted us to wash those pastor's feet. And so we began to plan on how to do that before we left the United States. When we got there, we were unaware, but the spirit wasn't. We were unaware of all the divisions among these 80 pastors that we were getting ready to serve. Man, man, they had everything going on. They were arguing about doctrine. They couldn't agree. They were, there were political divisions among them. They didn't like each other that much. Territorial stuff like, you can't steal my sheep, that kind of thing going on. There was also this incredible, you know, alienation because of the caste system. Have you heard of the caste system? You know, and it's been outlawed in India, but they still practiced it in their brains. And so the untouchables couldn't relate to the Brahmins and everybody in between. And so there was that going on. There's all this strife and division and ugliness going on. And we didn't know about any of it. And then the coup de grace was they also didn't like us, which is hard to believe. But they, they didn't like us because we were white Westerners and missionaries, and white Western missionaries know everything. Did you know that? We know everything. Those people in the two-thirds world, they know nothing. So we'll come and tell you how to do it. So there's all this going on. And so it was my turn to talk, and I taught on the foot washing passage because I figured this will be a good way to get into the washing of the feet. And if you know the passage, go home and read it if you don't know it. Jesus washed the feet of his disciples on that occasion. So I taught on that passage, and then I announced to the group of 80 pastors in a tight little room, I said, we're going to wash your feet. And you could, you, I heard gasps. <gasps> you white Western pastors are going to wash, we brown Indian people, you're going to wash our feet? That was part of it. And we said, yep. That's what we're going to do. And so we got the thing going. We started to wash the feet of these pastors. And during the first couple of guys that we washed their feet, we started to hear, like, uh, weeping. And as we looked around the room, we saw pastors shaking hands and embracing one another, weeping, repenting, asking for forgiveness, reconciliation. Does anybody see the spirit of Pentecost working here? Yep. They were coming together. You know what they insisted to do before we left? They insisted that they were going to wash our feet. Boy, we had clean feet that day. Everybody had clean feet. This is fresh Pentecost. This is the power of the Spirit coupled up with the unifying work of the Spirit. That's what it's about. It's God's end game. It's to bring everything together that's been broken apart in the world in Christ. It says in Ephesians 1. What would 2023 be like if we did those three things? It might be different. I'm going to close now so you guys can take a deep breath. The point I've been making is made by Paul very succinctly. He actually says... The job of the church is to do what I've been talking about. This is our job. 
This is our mission. Here's how he says it. All this is from God, he writes, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Do you see it? First, you're reconciled, and then you have the ministry of reconciliation. You know, we sang that song, Invitation Fountain. That's the song we should be singing to the community. All who are broken, all who are weak, come to the fountain. Come. Not just people who are broken in the church. This is the song we sing to our neighbors. And particularly the people who don't agree with us. Come to the fountain. Be reconciled to God. Reconciliation. Putting back together that which is broken. That's the message for 2023. I think we could use it. Henry Nguyen, famous Catholic writer, says, whatever you do, the main question is, whatever you do, the main question is, does it lead to reconciliation among people? You couple that with the fruit of the Spirit passage we read earlier, you've got a good 2023 going on. So, we're going to pray for each other. You know those trash receptacles I was talking about earlier? Well, they're all around the building because what they are is prayer teams. They're prayer teams. Today, you can leave here your trash. Jesus will pick it up. When we dismiss in a moment, you can come this way. A prayer team will pray for you. You don't have to go into detail. Just say, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. I need to leave this here. I need to empty the trash today. I need a fresh start in 2023. I want to be a unifier, not a divider. I want to be somebody who brings people into the love of God, the reconciliation of God. And I can't do that unless what Ryan said doesn't happen. You have to leave something here. You said, how do I know if that happens? Well, I've asked the Holy Spirit to do it, so I think he's going to. If you've got the guts to come up here for prayer about that prayer as we dismiss, I think good things are going to be happening for you. Or I think there may be people here on the new year, some of the ones I was speaking of earlier about you may be new to church, maybe you're giving this a second try, it's the New Year's and you're wanting a new beginning. I want you to come up too to one of the prayer teams. In fact, why don't the prayer teams come up right now? I want you to come up too. Because today might be the day that you're reconciled to God and yet you receive the ministry of reconciliation yourself. This may be your new beginning. Maybe you're rededicating your life to Christ. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's New Year's Day for crying out loud. Let's get a fresh start. Or maybe you don't have any tongue control. Maybe you're a serial gossiper as I have been in my life. Maybe you love a choice morsel. Yeah, let me hear some, some more of that. Maybe you want to leave that behind in the trash receptacle. I also believe God wants to do some physical healing today. And so we want to invite those of you who feel like I need healing in my body, healing in my mind, perhaps. And then, of course, there's always this invitation that God makes Anything that you would like God to do, we would love to pray with, with you about. Okay, let's stand.
as we stand up here and you guys contemplate which of these invitations you're going to take for prayer, you're thinking about that? I think God's helping some of you think about that. Let him do what he says. I also want to say that there are people here today who are going to double down on serving in 2023. And I'm going to ask God to do something for you right now to bring into your mind people, maybe somebody that you're alienated from, maybe your husband or your wife. What would happen if you served her in the relationship instead of trying to win every argument? What would happen if the power struggle in your marriage would be dropped and you served each other? What would happen in 2023? Or maybe that neighbor, you know, the one that threw your trash all over your lawn, the guy that you really love to hate. What would happen if you served that guy this year and went out of your way to do so? Let that come into your mind. And if you want to, come this way and we'll pray that God gives you power to do it because sometimes it's, it's hard, right? Okay. I'm gonna pray. And then we're gonna invite those of you who feel God tugging on you to come this way while everybody else is going that way. Nobody's going to be looking at you. God's going to give you the gift of guts today. You're going to be able to come up this way. All right? So let's pray together. Father, come on, man. Come on. Father, thank you for all the things you're doing, what you're already beginning to do. I pray that you draw people to our prayer teams, to these trash bins. Come, Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do. Make us a people of unity. Make us part of the Spirit of God, the unifier. Take us away from the spirit of the divider. Make 2023 a byword. May the vineyard in Florence become a byword for unity and love and service and holiness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please come this way as everybody else is going that way. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening.